Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Gozer, founder of HerbertGozer.com. Today, we are with a very special guest, Nicola Lutz. You're going to be learning a lot more about Nicola in a second. But one of the things that we uh, have found from a lot of our customers, so LearnCube works with customers from all around the world in tutoring and language, and all of them obviously are looking for more customers. But one of the things that they really struggle with is prospecting. And this is the, this is the theme of today is really how to keep a steady stream of students. Because in the end, that creates that predictability in the business. And it's really foundational to building and growing your business longer term. And Herbert, you've got a lot of experience with this as well. Absolutely. I mean, we run uh, paid social ads for language uh, education businesses. So, you know, it's one part of keeping the pipeline full, but uh, I can't wait to tap into Nicola's knowledge uh, to find out about more ways that we can uh, get more uh, leads into the top of the funnel. And so let's uh, bring Nicola in. So Nicola is the founder of No Fluff Business. Is, is that how I say it, Nicola? No Fluff Biz? Just no Fluff, yeah. Or Just No, no fluff, fluff. fluff, there we are, even in the title. No <laughs> so as the founder of No Fluff, you've been doing this for how many years, actually, Nicola? For nearly 27 years, come September. Okay, so you may know a thing or two about sales and prospects. <laughs> I hope so, yes. <laughs> Um, no, so we're in very good hands here. Um, and uh, with that, your main client base or, or customer base, are they, they're mainly in education, is that right? Yes, mainly in international education. So mainly language schools, some independent schools and colleges, but also um, student accommodation providers, exam providers, and kind of the peripheral services to the sector, but all around the world as well, yeah. Excellent. And so you must have found that there's some real central themes, I, I guess, with prospecting, which is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, is there anything that, uh, like any kind of highline ideas that you have when it comes to prospecting? Yes, the main thing about prospecting is people don't do enough of it. It's the first thing to go. It's It's seen as the hardest thing, but it's where all the growth is. So when you're busy, and people are very busy now juggling you know, less staff, juggling many tasks it's the first thing that they will just let go because they're firefighting all the time trying to deal with the leads and inquiries that are coming in and all of the admin that, that goes with that um, and the pace of work has sped up so it's hard to get back into the swing of things but prospecting will be will be where um the, the money is if you like for further down the line so whilst for example here in the uk people are busy taking bookings for Summer programs, for example, um, if they neglect their prospecting, they're going to find that that kind of October, November, December time is a lot quieter. And if you leave it until after the summer to prospect, you're going to find it's it's a lot harder work and you won't make those figures that, that you need. So prospecting mm -hmm. regularly is um, is the t regularly and actually doing it is the top line le lesson to be learned, I think. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And uh, making it, I guess, you're, you're one of the priorities and, and having a system in place to uh, be doing that 
on a consistent basis, whether that's a little bit every day or a little bit every week. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Uh, I mean, ideally, you'd be prospecting every day, um, but even if not, a regular cadence of prospecting is is going to help your business. Um, And the reason is you can't just reach out. And prospecting, I see, as something reaching out. Um, And it is paid ads and things as well. Um, But you already have past inquirers or old clients, old clients, former clients, I should say, um, and contacts or agents, if that's what you use, that you can reach out to. And you need to re-prospect them. It might be that you already know the name of the person, um, but you haven't contacted them for a while. So you need to use, use those resources that you have and you can do it um literally i work with lots of schools and they i i ask them to in half an hour a day reach out to 10 people that haven't bought from them for years or never did buy and just call ideally depending on the age but maybe if they're the older age group mainly call them 10 a day um, and they see results very very fast very very fast um and even if you're not selling to them you're just reaching at them, saying hello, making sure you've still got the right contact, making sure they're still, you know, looking for the for the right product, you know, the service that you offer. Um, you, you're just warming them up, really. So prospecting, I've said here, prospecting is like dating, as selling is. So um, when you reach out to someone, first of all, you're not, you know, proposing on that first date, ideally. Um, you're going to just see if you've got a fit and if you want to even meet for the first time and have a chat about what you offer. It's all about the swiping left or right. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, and then you go on, go on to your first date and you don't propose marriage, first of all, um, just like you won't pitch at them, first of all. You ask questions about each other. Um, see if if they've got a need that you can help fulfill um, and it might be a need for later on it might not be for now and then you take them through the process and the kind of um, you know the commitment I guess is when they buy um, and you take them on from there but actually you continue to invest in that person um, to make a healthy relationship that's how selling is like dating. <laughs> I think that's a really great framework to, to work on because I I even notice of myself that, uh, yeah, I've broken that rule far too many times. It's easy to get impatient. I really also like what you said. You know, you've kind of had two great ideas at, at the beginning, which is you need to do it regularly. Effectively, it's like a habit, right? You're just kind of trying oh, to keep yeah. that muscle strong. And then the second is the actual approach itself. Um, well, why don't we also talk about the ways to reach out? Because, again, you know, Things have moved on probably in the last 27 years. The fundamentals be the same, but certainly the channels might be a little bit different and the rules of those channels. Yeah, absolutely. It depends. It all starts with the customer at every turn. Uh, So it depends on who you are reaching out to. So if you are reaching out to businesses or agencies or um, school directors, they actually appreciate a phone call. And this will depend per country as well. So... For example, um, in Brazil, they actually don't particularly like a phone call. They'll like a quick phone call, but from then on, it goes on to WhatsApp, for example. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, they don't want to have hour-long Zoom meetings with you. It's all very fast. It's all about volume. Um, so you need to work out kind of the age group uh, of your ideal client and how they like to communicate, and you use that medium. Um, if it's a student um, and, say, they're 19, 20, then they're probably going to prefer text-based messaging 
within their social network. So within Instagram um, or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok. Can you message on TikTok? I can't remember. <laughs> Not my target market. Um, so you would reach out to them that way. But a phone call doesn't go um, amiss because it makes them open the message and you've kind of warmed them up and proved that you're human. And obviously there's 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 good old email, but we are slightly saturated in email. Mm-hmm. But using all of those touch points should be part of your campaign. And when you're reaching out um, to students, don't forget to use voice messaging and video messaging. They're just getting um, much more results at the moment. So those are your kind of different ways to approach and mix them up. Don't just stick to one. If you're sending mm-hmm. out quite a cold message to someone they don't respond try a different message equally um you know with students this isn't necessarily the right way but if you're working with schools or businesses um go and interact with them it's called social selling it's just being social on on uh, social media um, and chatting to them messaging them but again don't forget you're warming them up and flirting with them as it were before you start the selling and the proposal of marriage here. So you're warming them up and establishing the no like, and trust factor before um, they will buy from you. Um, so make sure, you know, your social media posts, and there are better experts here than I, um, include everything that they need to know in order to find you approachable, as well as information about what you offer. They need to know, like, and trust you. So do are you the type? Is there a face behind uh, behind the brand, for example, do they know who to contact and what they look like and what they sound like? Um, and you make it quite personable. The human to human selling uh, has definitely increased post COVID as well. So that human trust factor is is a big big part of the buying process right now. Do you use LinkedIn as well? Has that been a channel you're familiar with and had experience with? I actually get most of my business through either word of mouth or LinkedIn. Um, so if you're working the business to business route, and more students are actually going on LinkedIn, um, then yes, definitely. And your profile should say, again, it's not all about you, which seems funny because it's your profile, but it's about who you help and what you can help in terms of transformation. So um, helping small businesses make more sales could, could be mine, um, but it could be, you know, helping um, English language students reach, I don't know, an IELTS score or whatever. Whatever might be your your kind of selling point goes into your bio. And it's all about how you help them rather than I do this and I do that. So you've always got to come at it from how you're helping helping yeah. those students. But, yeah, LinkedIn. Um, and if you're in the B2B market, particularly for agents, obviously we have Study Bubble Network as well, which is a network of agents and educators around the world and all free to use on a basic level um and you know obviously facebook has a big following particularly for that age group as well instagram does too surprisingly I, i've gone into into instagram over the last year and was surprised by the the amount of interact, interaction and, and contact i got um so yeah there are lots of different ways to be present but that can also seem overwhelming so I would generally go over with my clients a follow-up map or a prospecting map. So if you're looking at reaching, I don't know, say a, a set of schools in a particular area and you're trying to get hold of the head of the school or the head of EFL or whatever it might be, narrow it down, split them into sets of 10 and then plan those into your diary and just do 
half an hour a day or half an hour whenever you can. Get through 10, track it, set it up. Try again. You might not get through on that first call and and keep going. Um, And it's more, it can feel quite awkward, but you are not selling during this call. And I think that's an important mindset issue to get over. You're not selling in that first call. All you're trying to do is see if you're talking to the right person. First of all, you need to qualify that person. Um, And if they have a need. And it might be that they don't have time to discuss their needs and desires and fears and pains with you at that point, in which case your main goal of that phone call is to get some more time with that person. So your main goal of of the prospecting phone call or outreach is to have more time with that person later down the line when they've got time to talk, because otherwise you've just dropped into their laps. They don't know who you are or what you want. So um, that's kind of a mini sale along the way and then they enter your sales process once you've realized that you have a fit one of the things that i know that myself and i'm sure a lot of people struggle with is the beginning and it's like anything that's you it's almost always the hardest thing i would love if we can kind of go maybe on two different um angles one is the the cold call but then maybe one is like For example, in LinkedIn, there is an obvious way to start a conversation, but we don't know what to say. That doesn't make (laughs) the other person feel like we're wasting their time. Uh, Because, again, that's why I think people kind of rush to a sale is because they're like, I don't know what else to say in the meantime. Yeah, I I agree. And actually, I'm not a big fan of a connection request and then immediate sale. Uh, especially with a long message, I'm thinking, no, you need to, you need to warm me up first. <laughs> I may be from Essex, but I need some flirting first. So, uh, what I, I have, my business coach is actually a LinkedIn specialist as well, a lady called Helen Pritchard, who's awesome at this. And uh, she says you send the connection requests to your people without a direct message, uh, and then after that, you go and interact with their posts. You know, you like them, you comment them, comment on them, share them, whatever it might be, and then message them afterwards. So, um, I go from a politeness point of view. So, if someone consistently likes my posts, I'll message them in LinkedIn and just go, "It's really nice of you to like my post. Thanks. Is there anything else that you want?" Um, and I'm also on a mission at the moment to try and get in touch with all of my uh, connections on LinkedIn, which is proving lengthy. Um, just to say, is there anything I can do for you? I have a big network. I have lots of resources in all sorts of areas. Can I help you with anything? Maybe I know someone that you want me to put you in touch with. And just offering help. So I'm not selling them anything, actually. I, I, I believe it will come back to me. And if they start thinking about sales training, for example, they'll get in touch. But for the moment, it's building that rapport and community, um, which which helps uh, your sales in the end anyway. And that's social selling. So I'm not a big fan of the DM saying, oh, we've got this thing. Do you fancy? I'll usually actually get rid of the connection if they do that. Mm. Not a big fan of that because they're just coming in and selling to me straight away. And I don't think that's the way forward, particularly in business to business. No. There's a relationship that yeah. needs to be built first. So you would, um, again, it sounds like you've got your kind of hit list um, and then you you kind of build, yeah, again, LinkedIn's quite obvious because there's a way to interact before, whereas like a cold email or a cold call, there is no interaction before it, it happens all on that, that first yeah. impression. Um, I think you've given us some really great tips. So with LinkedIn, make sure you flirt first 
uh, before you start kind of even mentioning that you, you may, you know, like you have this, this offering. And again, I think you sort of mentioned this idea of like coming from a place of how can I help you? Uh, I thought that was yeah. really relevant. Yeah, and also, um, you know, LinkedIn or any of those social networks actually can be super helpful for, um, so if you are going to then cold call that business or school um, and you do a bit of research first, it doesn't take long. Don't start scrolling, though, you'll get lost forever. Um, And opening up with a line like, I noticed that can be really useful if you're stuck on something to say. I noticed that your school just won an award for this. I noticed that you put a blog post up. Or I noticed that you liked that story of someone else's. Um, Wasn't it interesting? And see if you can find a connection that way. What you're looking for is some sort of connection. If you're doing it via Instagram, um, you can say, you know, thanks for liking my post. Is there anything else you'd like to see? Do you follow anyone else that you think's interesting? And you're just creating a rapport to like each other. That's that's all you're doing. Um, Yes, in the cold call, opening that up can be quite tricky. And we all go, I'm Nicola from No Fluff and I offer sales training and I know that you're a language school and you probably need some sales training and I have this offer. It's just spouting a pitch at them without knowing what they actually need. There might just be one person selling. It might be they've got nobody selling, might be completely outsourced. I have to ask some questions first. So asking questions is key as well. And they can be super simple questions in emails if you because the main aim of the email is to get engagement back Mm -hmm. um and so the call to action if you like isn't book now or click here for a call it could be have you ever had tutoring before or um i have a free download on text speak in english um or i have a guide to you know the best coffee shops in london whatever it might be and try and get them to interact in a way that's helpful to them if you're just selling to them there's nothing nothing in it for them so being really in touch with that client, what makes them mm. laugh? So um, you could put gifts and memes in there as well, um, and, and helpful things. And don't overwhelm them with what you're doing. I thought, Nicola, this is excellent. I, I'm I'm also just very aware of my own kind of hangups, which I'm sure are shared by others that with less experience. There's the sensation of. Um, well, I, I I don't have enough time to to kind of do the flirting process, um, and then the you might have heard this before, like, and then there'll also be the sense of um, oh, I might just be, am I just wasting their time? Like, or what am I doing here? Like, I, I need to get sales now. I don't need to get sales uh, in three months' time. And I think you're going to have some good answers here, so I'm looking forward to hearing. <laughs> well, firstly. I think you need sales now and in three months' time, unless you're a very seasonal um, operation. Um, and that can happen if you're a summer-only operation. It might be you just need to get the sales in now. But then what I would do is go and reprospect your warm or dormant leads, I would say. So those people that came to you pre-COVID or sent to you, if they're agents, and go there and reintroduce yourself and rewarm them up they're stone cold now because it's been you know years quite often um and that is likely to pay off a bit um a bit faster um and maybe get you some bookings in for now and then as soon as as soon as the summer bookings are finished um if you really don't have time now then start your prospecting ready for next summer um, especially if it's business to business and if you get bookings in even from students in september for next 
June, for example, great. You still need to keep them warm, actually. So um, don't just leave them until next April, May time to send them their joining details. Keep them warm with email is fine or WhatsApp broadcasts, something like that. Uh, and send them top tips to, you know, improve your English or um, a funny meme about weird British traditions or, or whatever it might be. Keep them interested and warm. They're going on a journey with you. Um, and you won't necessarily get anything back and you don't need anything back if they're already booked. You just need to make sure their customer journey is good. But in terms of prospecting for new ones, this, the earlier you do, you should not wait until your pipeline is dry. It's too late. By then, you just got to get, you're at the bottom of the hill. We'd rather start at the top of the hill. Even if you do half an hour every week, and I'm pretty sure half an hour a week can be found. <laughs> My being a bit strict there. Half an hour can be found. Um, and just find 10 old leads. And I did this in a sales challenge that I did last year, year before. And admittedly, this was B2B, so for agents. But one of the people on the challenge made £170,000 worth of sales out of the 10 people that he called that week. And they, these were leads that he'd given up on, thought weren't interested, thought he was going to be bothering them, didn't want to interrupt their day. Um, and what he did was make a quick call, set up a further call for when they had more time, had the call, and then rediscovered them. It was easier because they'd already had a little bit of warming up a few years mm. ago uh, and made the sale. So you should be able to find half an hour a week for prospect. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's a fair that's a fair um, a fair challenge. Uh, Nicola, I was I was wondering uh, with LinkedIn in particular, um, how do you get that person from flirting to a conversation as well? And like, is there a point where you do have a call to action, or is there a flirting until they take the initiative? Or what's your view on that? Um, I've got no issue with making an offer and, and selling, obviously, because I've been doing it for a while and I train people to do that. So usually um, I would use some sort of lead magnet or um, some piece of value to warm them up and then enter into a follow-up sequence, whatever that might be. So, for example, right now I've just launched a fun free quiz for finding your study abroad sales strength. Um very free, takes a few minutes. I just send the link out to people that I think might be interested and that gives them their results. So it emails their results. So I capture their email, if you like, um, and it gives them useful stuff. So under the three strengths that they have, there's also three things they probably need to watch out for because of those strengths. So if they're a extroverted you know, networker, fantastic, but they're probably not so good on detail. They're probably not very good at loading things on a CRM. They're probably a bit bored if someone doesn't buy immediately. So and then I'll direct them to resources that I have that can help them with that. Um, and then if I think that they are a fit, I'll, give, I'll generally give them a call because I'm a real phone person. So I'll give them a call and say, do you need some help setting up a CRM? Or do you need some help knowing what you need to put in a CRM? Do you need some help mapping out a follow-up process? So actually it gives you very qualified leads. So that's how I, I add value first and then sell. If I think, you know, if they're a perfect salesperson, I'll say, nice job and move on. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. And I, I still might have a chat with them just because it's interesting. Um, but I'll always send my calendar link as well if they want to chat. Um, but I have found 
that just being helpful and adding value brings brings the leads in. Uh, but I do that consistently. Mm-hmm. So I will be doing the, that outreach on LinkedIn, for example, at least every week, at least every week to, to get through to people. And that brings me in uh, referrals as well. So some people, yeah. someone yesterday got in touch that had received a list of training sessions I was doing with another school. I don't know which school. Um, so they're obviously talking amongst themselves. You don't see any of that happening. It's like with Facebook, you don't always see all of that happening behind the scenes. But uh, doing it consistently is what keeps the pipeline full. Great. Let's jump into uh, maybe a slightly further further up chain. When there, we were talking about cold calling, and again, you mentioned that being on the phone is your strongest point in a way, uh, which I think a lot of people might find it's the thing they're most scared of. So what do you say when you get on a cold call and knowing that you're going to have two problems, first of all, if they are not very not very warm, is you might need to get through a gatekeeper and then also once you get on the line with that person, how do you make that person feel like it's worth having another conversation without selling potentially? Yeah. Well, you, you, the only thing that you're selling at this point is a further call. You're not selling your end product at this point. You just want to see if it's worth having a further call for both you and them. Um, you can use that line, I noticed that. Or, you know, we're connected on LinkedIn, but actually I thought it would be nice to have a call. Just remember that they're human. Um, I've realized that there's not a lot of work done in our sector on ideal client avatars and buyer personas. And and when you go quite deeply into those, it's really helpful because you realize that they're humans with family and pressures and, you know, they've got to take the dog for the walk and they watch Bridgerton or whatever it is. Um, but setting up some sort of connection is, is, is important. Um, and talking to them about what happened in COVID or talking to them about their country. I noticed that Japan has just opened its doors. How's that affecting you now? Is it really busy? What's happening? You can use things that they've done. I've noticed that or things that are happening um, in the industry. Or you can use questions like, have you been, you know, if you're talking to a student that's coming to the UK, have you been to the UK before? What's your favourite dish? Where have you been? What did you like about it? Uh, you know why UK or Malta? What 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 do you want to find out about? So you're just asking questions to to find out more, but also establish touch, which I think is harder through email. You quite often send emails off into the ether and don't hear back, and then feel really despondent. At least with a phone call, you get quite an immediate immediate response. Um, but you should be it should be about a fifty fifty talking listening kind of call, and all you're trying to get is a further chat with them if they're a fit. So you mm. need to decide what qualifies them. So do they uh, want to find overseas students, for example? Um, and if so, where do they want to find them from? Can you help with that? Or do they want a particular age group? And um, do they want them for particular programs? So you can start asking these things and then work out how you can help with that. And because you, you can't pitch anything until you know what they actually need, right? You can't pitch everything. So that's the conversation. But I think if you're struggling with the mindset of getting on the phone, well, you're not alone apart from anything else. Um, <clears throat> again, diaring it is good. Set yourself a time. I'm going to call, I don't know, Turkish agents between two and three UK time and here are the 10 I'm going to call that inquired two years ago and I haven't heard from since and set the list up 
if there's a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. It's, it's about making it easy for yourself. So beforehand, set up who you want to call, diary when you're going to call it, make sure everyone knows that that's what you're doing so they're not bothering you with stuff, and then commit and get on and do it. Okay. Um, so that's, that's what I would suggest. And remember that they're humans. And, and you yeah. should have a legitimate reason to contact them. We're not selling, you know, double glazing to random people in the evenings. You know, if you're selling something that they, they are likely to be interested in at some point, then that, that's a good thing. Yeah, if Excellent. you spout off into a 10-minute pitch, they're not going to listen. No. Okay. So basically you can still get them on the line with the curiosity of what you offer. So there's, you don't have to hide the fact that you're going to be offering them something, but then it's really about that question and answer. How do we, how do we learn about each other, but also build the connection at the same time? Yeah. And just say, have we got time for 10 minutes to chat at the end of the week or next week, mm -hmm. just to see if we've got a fit and we, we can help each other. What time is best for you? What day? And then okay. set the meeting up. That's, that's your main kind of goal is to okay. get that like, further chat. And so when they are interested, uh, I guess, what happens next? Uh, you follow up and follow up and follow up. You need to follow up a lot more than you think you do, uh, which is why, you know, companies I work with spend a lot of money on working out a follow-up map, automating reminders so people <laughs> remember to do it because you feel awkward to say, oh, I made this offer, you haven't replied, of any interest it just sounds really um like you're almost ashamed of getting in touch with them if you have a, a load of value that you can give them then you just add a piece of value at every interaction so again this is something i do um with with clients so we'll look at so say it's an english language school in um manchester for example we'll look at pieces of value they can give them so it could be um you know, they say, these are some of the common phrases to Manchester in English um, on a PDF or something like that. And they can send that. Did you get my email? I thought you might be interested in this. Let's have a chat when you can. And then the next follow up, if they don't get in touch with you again, could be by WhatsApp. You could just leave a voice message saying it's really sunny in Manchester today. Don't know if it is. Uh, it's really sunny in Manchester today. I hope you're well. I'm just off to the school. We've got so amazing students in, you know, it's just that kind of keeping in touch. And with a business to business contact, it can take, you know, between five and 12 um, touch points, attempted touch points to get through. Uh, but they don't have to be long. I think people worry that it's this arduous task. It really doesn't have to. If you're organized, then you have, okay, they didn't get back to me here. So two days later, I'm going to contact them again. Then it's going to be via email and I'm going to add this piece of value. Still haven't heard. Three days later, I'm going to phone them. I'm going to say this um, or leave this voicemail and this bit of message. And I might follow up with an email. And then a week later, if I've still not heard, I might send a WhatsApp um, video and show them the school and ask them to get in touch with me. So you, you kind of plan exactly what's going in to each of those follow-ups so that you don't avoid it. Um, and if you have a good CRM, obviously this can all be automated. Um, even if it's even if you're using Excel or pure memory, hopefully a diary, then you can plot it in on there and color code and all sorts. But adding a piece of value to think about what your clients would value, what would make, mm -hmm. what are they worried about, what are they looking forward to, what makes them laugh, 
um, what annoys them, and and just create pieces of content around that. So and, and, and so if you're and if you're automating that, would you just set up uh, like you might, as you say, have ten follow up emails after you've had this 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 conversation? You would have ten follow up emails that are already locked and loaded. That just starts off, you know, the the sequence, and then I think as soon as they respond to one, it it, it ends the sequence, I believe, and then you kind yeah, of reengage. Is that right? Yeah, if it's email, so I probably wouldn't have um, ten follow up emails. So on my CRM, I would have tasks locked and loaded. So it would say, follow up number three, WhatsApp, add this piece of value. And as soon as I've ticked that task off, follow up number four will pop in for three days later or whatever I've set it up as. And that might be an email to send with this piece of value. And then once I've ticked that, it will go. Because these are people that are kind of warmer, warmer leads usually by this point. Um, in terms of automating cold leads, if they're just not replying at all and you haven't qualified them, then yes, probably email is better. But if you can do a WhatsApp broadcast or something as well, I would I would do that because you're just going to get better response. But yeah, nurture sequences and emails work wonders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you've so got to add value at each turn. So I think I heard two things. If they're very cold, then an automated kind of um, approach can work. But if they are already warm, an automated task creation can work, but rather than yeah. an automated um, sending. Uh, and I think the reason there is it, what it just can fall flat sometimes if you're kind of getting the timing off or, or that kind of thing. Is that right, Nicola? Yeah. Um, so this is good for people that have inquired. Mm-hmm. So they're still kind of cold. You haven't had a one-to-one conversation with them, but they've shown interest because they've filled in a form. And no one likes filling in forms, right? So they've gone to a bit of effort already. Um, so then I would give them different touch points, so a call or WhatsApp or, or an email. Um, if they're completely cold and you haven't qualified them, then at least you can nurture them with emails going going through. But um, if these are students and they're of a certain age, they're not going to actually open those emails. No. You're going to need to use different methods. Okay. Well, I think you've been excellent at answering all the questions that we've we've got in mind. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to answer on that, you know, how to nurture leads that aren't quite ready to buy? I think you've done a pretty good job of explaining that you follow up, follow up, follow up, add value, add value, add value. Um, when you're adding value, just to be clear, are you still kind of reaching out, like constantly looking for that call or you kind of also mix that up as well or... I mix that, that okay? up as well. So yeah. I would so the call to action, I would say only ever have one call to action going on. Otherwise they'll get confused and won't take any action. Um and mix that up as well. And obviously as you go through this process and test it, you can see where people get back to you. And if that's mm-hmm. follow-up number four, you move that message to follow-up number two, for example, to try and shorten the time. Um but the call to action could be anything. So it can be book a call, it depends who you're targeting as well, but book a call. Yeah. Um, download this thing um tell me your favorite karaoke tune you know it can be anything we just need them to engage with us at that point um and i think i've said this before but really my most engaging emails included now i'm going b2b mainly to school owners and agency owners and i get loads of response when i put in um a sales tip related to an 80s rock tune 
which is quite <laughs> random. And then I say at the bottom of the email, you've got a favourite 80s rock tune that you want me to turn into a sales tip? Then reply. And people go, yeah, I'm going to give her a really hard one. Uh, but that's really fun. So that, that just gets them talking to you. And then you take the conversation from there. So, But you've got to know your ideal client. I know they're all of a similar age to me, probably know some banging 80s and 90s rock tunes. Uh, and they're probably quite musical because we're in the language industry. Like a bit of fun as well. It's a bit light to their day, but it's also work because it's a sales tip. So, so that works well. So knowing your audience is where it starts and trying not to be too officious and salesy. Be a human about your interaction. One thing that I'm sure, well, I know from experience, um, and I think other people might share this, is the I'm already feeling a bit anxious <laughs> about the amount of tasks that could kind of blow up, um, either by automating those tasks or by just having a, a fairly large prospecting list. And then also knowing, you know, again, people listening here will have various other parts of their role, um, feeling like they can't always commit to that. Uh, day on day and then when they don't do the day on day or the, the week on week they get overwhelmed with 3,000 tasks and have no way of kind of digging their way out of it what would you suggest to avoid this kind of overwhelm um I'm a big believer in segmenting everything and time booking for one thing um without knowing each of the businesses I would always start with where the money is so um, if you have, so that's why agents are quite good because they represent many students, for example, or going to the head of a school, for example, means they have access to lots of teachers or students. So I would go there because it's, it's just likely to be more return on effort, right? So, uh, so go there. Um, and just diary time, uh, 30 minutes at a time. So use the Pomodoro technique, 30 minutes at a time, five minutes to work out who you're calling or contacting and what you're doing and then just use a diary and color code them so gray is their cold um, you've had a conversation and they're a bit warmer could be yellow um, and if they're kind of a hotter lead and they've asked for prices and things they could go to red and um, if you're using excel and just keeping on top of it that way um, and use your diary system but just allocating half an hour a day if possible even half an hour a week just for prospecting will progress your business but yeah just pick where you think the money is and and divide those into sets of 10 and just call 10 a week or contact 10 a week just reach out be more active in your outbound if you want to get more students in excellent and last question Thanks. is how often do you prospect i think you've answered that in terms of the the 30 minutes um is there anything about else that you'd kind of suggest around that question um really any anything to do with more client facing time will give you more sales so prospecting is important and should be a daily activity if at all possible but i know that you know actually closing sales right now is going to be more important so i get that so um in in if you've got many roles to juggle you're going to need well maybe schedule half an hour per day for your sales activity and make one of them prospecting one of them closing people that you feel a bit awkward about talking to because you've already chased them a few times. And one of them for existing partners that you want to keep sweet and just divide up those activities to what will get the results that, that you need. 
Um, I'm a big believer in the half an hour Pomodoro kind of slots um, and just do that activity. So just phoning or just reaching out. Don't get down a rabbit hole of applying to internal emails and things. Um, and just make sure there's an alarm going off on your phone so that you commit to it rather than beating yourself up about it but it will progress your business so um and it increases conversion rates if you're doing the follow-up as well for those leads that have come in to you through ads or inquiries you follow up more they've already shown an effort and actually they deserve to be followed up if you value their business they deserve you to put a bit of effort in um and you deserve it if, if you paid for advertising you need you need to get a return on that. So um, it's your fault if you don't follow up enough. That sounded really harsh, didn't it? But if you don't follow up enough to a lead and they don't convert, then um, you kind of wasted your money. And it's your job to help them through the buyer process rather than their job to make your selling process easier. That's not really the way around it should be, I think. It's your job to help them add value and just keep nurturing them until they're ready to buy. I think I'm going to finish on that because that was Fantastic. just so the, the challenge is out there, folks. Um, it was a great line to finish on, uh, Nicola. Thank you so much for being with us. I really want, um, I definitely want you to, I definitely want you to find out more about uh, Nicola um, and you're going to uh, maybe even challenge her on her rock tips, uh, but you can find her at nofluff.biz. Uh, Nicola, you are an absolute champion when it comes to sales. And I've definitely learned uh a ton so thank you so much oh, thanks. thanks for being here yeah. very happy to be here thank you excellent and herbert uh, if you'd like to learn more about you uh on our website herbertgerzer.com fantastic and if you'd like to learn more about a virtual classroom for language and tutoring you can go to www.learncube.com thank you again nicola um make sure you again you go and check out nofluff.biz and hopefully see you again next time thanks again bye now Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.